Chapter 14 of With Frederick the Great, A Story of the Seven Years' War by G. A. Henty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Ullman. Chapter 14, Breaking Prison. He seems to be a pleasant fellow, Fergus said, and disposed to do his best to make us comfortable. So if we don't see any chance of getting away, we shall be able to get through the winter very fairly. You don't think there is any chance of escape, surely, Major. Pray drop the Major, Captain Stauffen, and let us call each other by our names while we are here. The discipline of the Prussian army is admirable, and must, as a rule, be the most stringent maintained by all sorts of forms and observances. But here by our three selves, confined in this casemate, for no one can say how long, it is ridiculous that we should be always stiff and ceremonious. You are both some years older than I am. I have had the good fortune to have better opportunities than you have had, and have been promoted accordingly. But while here, let us try and forget all about that, and make things as pleasant all around as possible. The two officers agreed, but not without grave doubts, for to them it was quite a serious matter to relax, even in a prison. The stringent rules that guided the relation of officers to each other in the Prussian army, it is a strong place fergus went on but i don't know that it is as difficult to break out of as the last place i was in have you been a prisoner before the two officers asked together for both belonged to a regiment that was not with frederick at lobositz and had indeed only recently come down from berlin yes i was taken at lobositz and marched to spielberg and managed to get away from there it is a long story and will do to pass away the evening when we have got the fire and can sit comfortably and talk round it my cell there was so high in the castle that with the wall and the rock below there was a fall of a hundred and fifty feet at least so that the difficulties of escape were a good deal greater than they are here or perhaps i should say seem to be a good deal greater for i don't know that they were there is the tramp of a sentry outside i suppose he walks up and down the whole length of the six casemates i counted them as we came in we are at one end which of course is an advantage why so one of the others asked with a puzzled expression of face well you see the sentry only passes us once to every twice he passes the casement in the middle and has his back to us twice as long at a time i should not have thought of that stauffen said yes i can see that if we were escaping through this door which seems to me impossible that it would be an advantage and he glanced at his companion as if to say that there was more in this fortunate young officer than they had thought among the officers who had served throughout with frederick the manner in which fergus had gained his promotion was well known his rescue of count eulenfurst and his family were the general subject of talk at dresden and even putting aside the gallantry of the action it was considered that the army in general was indebted to him for having saved them from the disgrace that would have attached to them had this murderous outrage been carried out successfully the manner in which he had saved half the prussian cavalry from destruction by his charge through the austrian squadron had similarly been talked over in every regiment engaged at lobositz 
those who had been at zorndorf were cognizant of the fact that he had gained his majority by saving the king's life as this had been mentioned in general orders of the day the regiment however to which the two officers belonged had come down from berlin but six months before and had formed a part of the command of prince maurice until frederick had returned from zorndorf and had with a portion of the force of prince maurice marched out to compel dawn to abandon his impregnable position at stolpen they had not particularly observed fergus on their journey south and when during the last two or three days of the march they had noticed him they had regarded him as some fortunate young fellow who had by royal favour received extraordinary promotion and had been pushed up over the heads of older men simply from favouritism thus their manner towards him had been even more stiff and ceremonious than usual do you think then stauffen said that there is any chance of our making our escape oh i have not had time to think about it yet fergus laughed there is generally a way if one can but find it out but i have no doubt that it will take a good deal of thinking before we hit upon it and if it does nothing else for us it will be an amusement through the long evenings to have to puzzle it out there is no hurry for it is not likely that there will be any more fighting before the army goes into winter quarters and so that we are there when the campaign opens in the spring it will be soon enough the door opened now two soldiers brought in a stove it was placed nearly in the centre of the room the flue went up to the top of the arch and then turned at right angles and passed out of the casement through a hole just over the window after lighting the stove they brought in two bundles of rushes and spread them over the floor and then carried in a tray with dinner and placed it on the little table there were three stools standing by the side of the three barrack beds each placed in a corner of the room these they carried to the table the others waited to see upon which side fergus placed his he put it down on one side excuse me major stauffen said changing it putting him facing the fire and placing his own on one side while his companion was opposite him then they stood stiffly waiting until fergus with a shrug of his shoulder took his place the dinner consisted of a thin soup followed by the meat of which it had been made stewed up and served with a good gravy and two sorts of vegetables the bread was white and good a bottle of rough country wine was placed by the side of each the commandant feeds us better here than i was fed at spielsberg fergus said cheerfully if i got broth there i did not get meat if i had meat i had no broth and they only gave me half a bottle of wine the commandant evidently does as he says and makes the money he gets for our keep go far let us drink his health and a better employment to him he evidently feels being kept here instead of being with the army in the field in fact he is just as much a prisoner as we are without even the satisfaction of being able to talk over plans for escape ah i see he has sent a box of cigars too i finished my last as we rode here today and was wondering when i should be able to get some more also tobacco for my pipe i hope you both smoke stauffen and his companion whose name was ritzer both did so i am glad of that fergus said i think it is very cheery and sociable when everyone smokes 
and but certainly when only two out of three do it looks somehow as if the one who does not is left out in the cold i never smoked until i came here two years and a half ago but there is no doubt that at the end of a day's hard work or when you have got to do a long ride in the dark it is very comforting his efforts to keep the conversation going were not very successful the two officers were evidently determined to maintain the distinction of rank and saying to himself that they would probably soon get tired of it he ceased to attempt to break down the barrier they insisted upon keeping up after dinner was over they lighted their cigars and then went out and mounted the steps from the yard to the ramparts they were soon joined by the officers from the other casemates and separating into groups strolled up and down making remarks on the country round and the town behind them fergus had at once left his fellow prisoners and joined two or three others with whom he had been previously acquainted one being a captain of the third royal dragoons you are with staffen and ritzer are you not major the latter said i have a brother in the same regiment and so know them how do you get on with them at present they are rather stiff and distant and insist upon treating me as a senior officer which is absurd when we are prisoners and they are both some fifteen years older than i am i detest that sort of thing of course in a great garrison town like berlin or dresden the strict rules of discipline must be observed i think they are carried altogether too far but as it is the custom of the service there is nothing to be said about it but here as we are all fellows in misfortune it seems to me simply ridiculous it becomes a second nature after a time the officer said the two with me are both lieutenants and i should feel a little surprised if they did not pay me the usual respect yes but then you are the older man who would naturally take the lead in any case to me i can assure you it is most disagreeable to have men much older than myself insisting upon treating me as their superior officer especially as their regiment having only recently joined us i suppose they set me down as some young favorite or other who has got his promotion over the heads of deserving officers because he is related to someone in power they ought to know that there is not much promotion to be gained in that way in our army major the king is the last man who would promote any one for that cause why schwerin's son has served for four years and is still a cornet in our regiment no doubt the king would be glad to promote him if he specially distinguished himself but as he has had no opportunity of doing so he will probably work his way up in the regiment as everyone else does two or three officers came up and joined the party and presently captain ronsfeldt strolled away and joined another group it was not long before he engaged stauffen and ritzer in conversation you have major drummond in with you have you not yes stauffen said shortly who is the young fellow do you know him yes he first joined our regiment as junior cornet it was less than two years and a half ago i was senior lieutenant at the time and now i am pretty well up on the list of captains thanks to the work we have done and the vacancies that death has made and that boy has gone over your head and is now walking about as a major with the order on his breast it is enough to make one sick of soldiering who is he related to 
he is related to marshal keith ronsfeld said quietly ah that explains it i don't think you quite understand the case Dauphin. certainly you don't if you think that there has been any favoritism i don't think anyone ever heard of frederick promoting a man out of his turn save for merit and i suppose there is no one in the army who has won his rank more worthily and who is more generally recognized as deserving it i have never heard a single word raised against the honors he has received when he rides through the camp men nudge each other and say that young fellow in staff uniform is major drummond and there is not a soldier but tries to put a little extra respect into his salute are you joking rodsfeld ritza asked in astonishment i was never less so ritza and he then gave them an account of the manner which fergus had obtained his promotion the two officers were silent when Runsfeld concluded. We have made fools of ourselves, Stauffen said at last, and we must apologize, Ritzer. Certainly we must, the other agreed heartily. It seems to us that his trying to make us put aside the respect due to his rank was a sort of affection, and really impressed it more disagreeably upon us. We took him from an outstart favorite, though we might have known had we thought of it that the king never promotes unduly who could possibly have believed that a young fellow not yet twenty i should say could have so distinguished himself it will be a lesson to us both not to judge by appearances the day was cold and cheerless and after an hour spent on the ramparts most of the party was glad to return to the casemates fergus was one of the last to go back to his disgust, the two officers rose and saluted formally as he came in. We wish, Captain Stauffen said, to express to you our deep regret at the unworthy way in which we received your request this morning to lay aside the distinction of rank while we are prisoners here. We were both under an error, our regiments having only joined from Berlin a short time before the king marched with us to Hotchkirch we were altogether ignorant of the manner in which you had gained your rank and had thought that it was the result of favoritism we now know your highly distinguished services and how worthily you have gained each step and we both sincerely hope that you will overlook our boorish conduct and will endeavor to forget the manner in which we received your kindly advances say no more about it gentlemen fergus replied heartily i have had luck and availed myself of it as assuredly you would have done had the same opportunities occurred to you i can quite understand that it seemed to you monstrous that at my age i should be your senior officer i feel it myself i am often inclined to regret that i should thus have been unduly pushed up however let us say no more about it i do hope that we shall be as three good comrades together and that within this case mate at any rate there will be no question whatever of rank and that you will call me drummond as i shall call you both by your names now let us shake hands over the bargain let us draw stools round the stove and have a comfortable talk i have been speaking to major lieberkuhn about ordering things he tells me that the commandant says that one list must be made on this the orders of each of the casemates must be put down separately the sergeant will go out every day with it money must be given him to cover the full extent of the orders 
he will return the change each day when he hands the articles required i have ordered some tobacco some better cigars than these and three bottles of good hungarian wine the sergeant is going in half an hour so we shall be able to enjoy our chat this evening i always take the precaution of carrying twenty golden fredericks sewn up in the lining of my tunic it comes in very useful in case of an emergency of this kind i am afraid that neither of us has imitated your forethought ritza said with a laugh i have only my last month's pay in my pocket and stauffen is no better off ah well with thirty pounds among us we shall do very well fergus said we must be careful because if we do make our escape we shall want money to get disguises you are not really in earnest drummond stauffen said in what you say about escaping i am quite in earnest about getting away if i see a chance though i admit that at present the matter seems a little difficult perhaps if you will tell us about your escape from spielberg we shall be able to get a hint from it they now drew up their seats round the stove and fergus told them in detail the manner of his escape omitting only the name of the nobleman at vienna who had assisted him it was excellently done ritza said warmly you're making off in that austrian uniform at the moment when such a thing could be done was certainly a masterly stroke so was the taking of the post horses stauffen agreed and you're getting a disguise from the postmaster i should like to have seen the austrian's look of surprise when he got his uniform back again i'm afraid that your adventures do not afford us any hint from getting away from here even you will admit that three austrian uniforms cannot be secured and the tale by which you procured the post offices will hardly hold good in a case of three no if we get away at all it must be done in an entirely different manner the place is not so difficult to get out of as Spielberg was for with patience we could certainly manage to cut off the rivet heads of the bars but i don't see at present how we could cross this wide moat with a sentry pacing up and down thirty feet above us nor climb up the brick wall on the other side without making a noise that done of course we could on a dark night cross the glacis and swim the outer boat all that accomplished the question of disguises will come in just at present it is not very easy to see how that is to be managed can you swim if both officers replied in the affirmative well that is something gained as to the rest we need not bother about it at present we are not uncomfortable where we are and if we get back in time for the next campaign that is all that really matters the others laughed at the confident tone in which he spoke but after hearing the details of the prior attempt it seemed to them that their companion was capable of accomplishing what almost seemed to be the impossibilities they had they knew very slight chance of being exchanged so long as the war lasted a few general officers or others whose family possessed great influence were occasionally exchanged but it was evident the policy of austria to retain all prisoners in the first place she desired to reduce frederick's fighting force and in the second the number of austrians taken had been very much larger than that of the prussians captured 
and the support of some fifteen or twenty thousand prisoners of war added to the drain on frederick's resources three campaigns had passed without materially altering the position of the combatants and as many more might elapse before the war came to an end indeed there was no saying how long it might last and the prospect was so unpleasant that the two officers were inclined to run a very considerable risk in attempting to obtain freedom a week later the snow began to fall heavily and the moat froze there is no getting across that without being seen even on the darkest night fergus said as he walked up and down the rampart with his two companions unless the sentry was sound asleep and in such weather as this that is the last thing likely to happen unless something altogether unexpected occurs we shall have to postpone action till spring comes now that we have brought some books we can pass the time away comfortably it was a happy thought of major Lieberkon that each of us should buy one book so that altogether we have got some forty between us which taking our reading quietly will last us for a couple of months they mayn't be all equally interesting but as the sergeant brought them second hand at about half a franc of volume we can lay in another stock without hurting ourselves whenever we choose a few days later they brought several sets of drafts chessmen and dominoes and a dozen packs of cards they had been arranged at a general meeting held in the major's casemate strict rules had been laid down that there should be no playing for money several of the prisoners had had only a few marks in their pockets when captured they agreed to meet at three o'clock in two of the casemates by turn as one would not hold the whole number this made a great break in their day it would have been better if the meeting had been held in the evening but the regulation that during the winter months they were locked up at five prevented this being adopted so the cold weather passed not altogether unpleasantly the strict rule that every case in which the slightest difference of opinion rose should at once be submitted to the education of major Lieberkorn and the senior officer of the casemate in which it occurred effectively prevented all disputes and quarrels over the cards and other games as their good fellowship remained therefore unbroken in march the sun gained power the snow and ice began to melt and fergus again began to think how an escape could be effected i can think of only one plan one evening it is clear that it is altogether hopeless to think of getting out by the door but as we agreed it would be possible to chip off the heads of the rivets unbar the shutters and let ourselves down into the moat if we were to make our way along at the foot of the wall the chance of our being seen by the sentry above would be very slight for of course we should choose a night when the wind was blowing hard and the water ruffled in that case any splash we would make we might make would not be heard swimming along to the corner of this face of the fort we would turn and keep along until we reached the spot where the cut runs to the river crossing the moat to that would be the most dangerous part of the business and we ought if possible to dive across there is a low wall there and a cheval de frise 
on the top of it we should have to get out by the side of that and then either swim along the cut or crawl along the edge of it till we get to the river then we must crawl along under the shelter of its banks towards the town till we get to a boat hauled up or swim to one moored a little way out in the stream then we must row up the river for some distance and land that all seems possible enough drummond captain ritzer said but what about our uniforms we must leave them behind and swim in our underclothes i should say we should take a couple of suits with us we could make them up into bundles and carry them on our heads while we swim of course if we take them we shall not be able to dive but must swim across the moat to the cut and trust to the darkness for the sentries not seeing us then once on board a boat we could take off our wet things and put the dry ones on but we can hardly wander about the country in shirts and drawers drummond stauffen suggested certainly not my idea is that as soon as we are a mile or two away we should either board some boat where we see a light and overpower the boatmen and take their clothes if they will not sell them to us or else land at some quiet house and rig ourselves out there should be no great difficulty about that once rigged out we must make south for as soon as our escape is found out the next morning cavalry will scour the country in every direction on this side of the river and give notice of our escape at every town and village after lying up quiet for a time we must journey at least fifty miles west we might make for munich if we like or strike the isar at landshut and then work up through ratisbon and then through fichtel mountain to bayreuth and so into saxony or from landshut we can cross Bomawald mountains into bohemia or if we like from munich we can keep west into wurttemberg up through hesse darmstadt and cassel into hanover or lastly we can go on to mannheim and down the rhine and then come round by sea to hamburg the others laughed it looks a tremendous business anyhow drummond i should never think of attempting it by myself ritzer said but if you assured me that you think it would be possible i am ready to try it i think that there is every chance of success ritzer i really do not see why it should fail of course there is risk in it but once fairly on the other side of the moat and on the river bank it seems comparatively safe we can see that there are always a lot of boats moored in the stream this side of the bridge and by taking a small boat we might put off to the one of them and get our change of clothes at once bind and gag the crew there are not likely to be above two or three of them give them a piece of gold to pay for the clothes and then row straight up the river and land a mile or two away that would make it plain sailing of course we should push the boat off when we landed and it would float down past the town before daylight the chances are that the boatmen finding that they are no losers by the affair would make no complaint to the authorities but even if they did we should be far beyond their reach by that time all we have got to do is to choose a really dark night with wind and rain the first job to be done is to get the heads off these rivets 
I have examined them carefully. They are roughly done, and I don't fancy that the iron is very hard, and our knives will, I think, make a comparatively short job of it. We could not work at night, Richard said. The sentry in front would hear the noise. I think of sawing the heads off, Fergus said, with the help of a little oil. I fancy the steel will cut through the iron. Yesterday I tapped the edge of my knife against the edge of the stone parapet. It is a good steel, but very brittle, and I managed to make a pretty fair saw of it. Tomorrow I will do yours if you like. All carried clasped knives for cutting their food with when serving in the field. They had oil, which they had brought for dressing salads with, and Fergus at once attacked one of the rivets. It cuts, he said, after three or four minutes' work. Of course it will be a long job, but we ought to do it in a week. There are three bars, and if we cut the rivets at one end of each, I have no doubt we shall be able to turn the bars on the rivets at the other end. They relieved each other at short intervals, and worked the greater part of the night. At the end of that time, the head of one of the rivets was cut almost through. We will leave it as it is now, Fergus said. A quarter of an hour's work will take it off. As it is, no one would notice what has been done unless he inspected it closely. Greatly encouraged by their success, the others now entered warmly into his plan. Using his knife instead of a stone, he was able the next day to convert their knives into much better saws than his own had been, and the other two rivets were cut in a much shorter time than the first. They waited another week, and then the wind began to rise, and by evening half a gale was blowing and the rain falling heavily. There was no moon, and the night would be admirably suited for their purpose. Their supper was brought in at six o'clock. Knowing that they would not be visited again until morning, they at once began work. As soon as they had finished cutting one rivet, they tried the bar and their united strength was quite sufficient to bend it far enough to allow it being withdrawn from the rivet. Then, throwing their weight upon it, it turned upon the bolt at the other end until it hung perpendicular. In another half an hour, the other two bars were similarly removed, and the heavy shutters opened. They were closed again until their preparations were complete. First they ate their supper, then sat and talked until nine. Then they knotted their sheets together and tied the underclothes into bundles. The Austrian government will be no losers, Fergus laughed. They will get three Prussian uniforms instead of six suits of prison underclothing. Now shall I go first, or will one of you? We will go according to rank, Ritzel laughed. Very well. Now mind, gentlemen, whatever you do, take the water quietly. I will wait until you are both down, then we will follow each other closely, so that we can help one another if necessary. I can hardly see the water from here, and the sentry being twice as far off from it as we are will see it less. Besides, I think it likely that they will be standing in their sentry boxes in such a rain as this, and I feel confident that we shall get across without being seen. The river is high, and the opposite wall of the moat is only a foot above water, so we shall have no difficulty in getting out on the other side. 
i have the money sewn in a small bag round my neck we may as well take our knives with us they will help us to tackle the boatmen i think that is everything now we will be off fastening the sheet firmly to one of the bars he swung himself out slid down the rope quietly and noiselessly and entered the water which was so cold it almost took his breath away he swam a stroke or two along the wall and waited until joined by both his comrades their casemate being the end one they had but some ten or twenty yards to swim to the angle of the wall another fifty took them to a point facing the cut fergus had paced it out on the rampart above and calculated that each stroke would take them a yard it was too dark to see more than the dim line of the wall on the other side he waited until the others joined him are you all right he asked in a low voice yes but this cold is frightful we shall soon be out of it he said wait till i have gone a few yards then follow one after the other the surface of the moat was so ruffled by the wind that fergus had little fear of being seen even if the sentry above was out and watching but he felt sure that he would be in his sentry box and so swam boldly across he at once climbed on to the lower wall helped his two companions out they were completely numbed by the cold come along he said we are on the lower side of the cut crawl for a short distance then we can get up and run which will be the best thing for us in three minutes they were up on the river bank now we can change our clothing he said the others will soon get wet though but they won't be as cold as these are the things were soon stripped off each gave himself a rub with one of the dry shirts and they were soon dressed in double suits and stockings that is better fergus said cheerfully now for a short run along the towing path a quarter of a mile's run and circulation was restored and all felt comparatively comfortable they had at the suggestion of fergus wrung out the things they had taken off and thrown them over their shoulders so as to afford some protection against the rain they now dropped into a slower pace and after going for a mile they neared the spot where the craft were lying moored in the river several small boats were drawn up on the shore one of these they launched put out the oars and rowed quietly to a large barge fifty yards from the bank on which light was burning taking pains to prevent the boat striking her side they stepped on board fastening the head rope and proceeded aft after a light was burning in the cabin and looking through a little round window in the door they saw three boatmen sitting there smoking and playing cards they opened their knives slid back the door and stepped in End of chapter fourteen